0: Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. So glad you're with us today. Welcome those of you joining us online. As we uh, we're celebrating Palm Sunday. Very excited about that because it's uh, that's the beginning of Passion Week. Holy weekend's coming. You know we're going to celebrate Easter. It's all good. It's the uh, the beginning of a you know historical, amazing moment when the most important person in history starts the biggest week for all of us that we'll ever experience, and we're celebrating all of that today. Let me say, as we get, uh, we get ready for next weekend, a couple of things. Um, I know we made the announcement, but I want to say it again. Baptism is this Saturday from 9 to 10 at Bay 100. You need to be baptized if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized. That is a biblical non-negotiable. We just need to make that happen. So, if that's you... You need to come out there and we'll, we'll make that happen. Or see Pastor Georgina and tell her you're coming and that's good too. Other people will come and get baptized because they don't remember their baptism. I'm not saying it didn't work or didn't take. I always tell people it's such a powerful memory. If you don't have one, you might want to come out and make it. And it should be a lovely day out there. I heard it's going to be a little bit cooler. But uh, but not too bad. Like 75-ish next week. And who knows? they could be They could be wrong. But anyway. So that's coming Saturday. Then. Don't forget the weekend. So uh, we do an extra service. We'll do our normal Saturday night service. Then we do what we call an indoor sunrise service at 630. So it's uh and we just play sunrise on the big screens. That way you don't get hot and you don't get buggy. Uh, so it's kind of nice. It's kind of a nice mix. And if you like a traditional one, that's cool. They're having them all over the island. But we're going to do our indoor one. And then we'll do 8, 9, 30, 11. Let me just say to this group at 930, you you. I don't want everybody to change, obviously, what time they come. But if you don't like a crowd, this would be the tendency that this is the potential to be the crowdiestness. So you may want to shift just for the weekend. All right? The 8, 11, sunrise. They'll be the exact same messages at everyone. So uh, that's on you. You know, it's all good. It just will be, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen this Easter. I really don't. I know that there'll be more people here this Easter than there was last Easter. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. So um, so that's good. Anyway, that's coming. And uh, we look forward to that. I mean, we celebrated last Easter big time. We had we had church in here and we did it all online and everything. But there wasn't, you know, you folks, which was kind of sad. But here we go. We're back at it. So this Palm Sunday, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about uh, the triumphal entry together. I want to look at the perspectives of some of the people involved in what was happening and talk about how uh, important our perspective is and how it's impacting us in every area of our lives. So that's what we'll be going through. And as we do, put this in your brain. I want you to be thinking about this throughout today's message. Uh, what kind of king makes his entrance on a donkey? And that's really at the heart of what we're talking about today. Okay? and so I'll hop in there in a minute. Let's do some jokes. These are very bad jokes. Remember, Please. I always preface this by saying bad jokes. So, you know, don't get your expectations too high. I've done my job if they're terrible. Uh, You know, I was in a good mood the other day until I started uh, petting a duck at the park. uh, And then I started feeling a little down. I adopted a crow the other day. It was, it was for a good cause. 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 Ah, oh, quickly they turn. I decided to stop tying my shoes. I thought, why not? Please, you better come. I sense the crowd is turning against me.
1: You don't have ties on your shoe. He won't let me buy him shoes with laces.
0: I have sneakers I tie.
1: (laughs) He does. I'm just kidding. I was trying to make a funny off your joke. It's really hard, that segue from his bad jokes to me. Okay, let's get serious about God. It's a tough one, let me tell you. But here we come up on Holy Week. So looking forward to it, just remembering all that the Lord has done for us. So let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here this morning. Father, I thank you that our weapons aren't of this world, Lord. They are worship. Father, we we worship you with all our hearts today. We seek you with all our hearts. Lord, we know that no matter what's going on in our lives you are with us every step, and I pray that if there's anyone here that does not feel your presence, they would. They would know that they are there for you, and you are there for them, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Let it be so. Blessed be the word of God. Amen.
0: All right. So let's... uh... It's kind of set the scene here. So this is known as the triumphal entry. We were just reading about there in John chapter 12. And um, there's a big crowd of folks. And, and John kind of sets a story up for us by just before in John 12. He's, he's talking about another pretty significant event that happened just a couple of miles away, Bethany. And Lazarus was raised from the dead. And so that attracts a crowd. And, and it's the time of the feast, so there's people, there's a lot of people around Jerusalem. And apparently a lot of people were witnesses to what happened with Lazarus, or they heard about it right after, and so that is sort of, John is telling us it's kind of stirring up this, this moment in history. And it's a significant moment, what's happening. And, and so, you know, think about the, the crowds being there. There was a lot of electricity in the air. You know, I could, you could just feel the excitement for what was taking place. And, and yet, this crowd uh, really has something else going on in their mind, their perspective about how they're seeing things. The reason they're so excited is off a little bit because they're, they're not really there because they believe that uh, a savior for their sin is coming in and that's what they really need. This crowd is gathered because they've heard that Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead and if he can raise Lazarus from the dead, then hopefully he's the one who's finally going to get them free from the oppression they've been under for years from the Romans. That's what they want. That's what everybody was wanting back there. Remember, that was the the thing that was going on with the disciples. They kept thinking that was the deal. That's what they were conditioned to. A Messiah was going to come who was going to break them free from this oppression that they're under to the Romans. And they were going to be restored. Israel would be restored to its former glory the times of David and Solomon. That's what they're looking for and that's what they're thinking is about to happen. They're they're looking for a military victory and that here comes someone who actually has the power to raise somebody from the dead. This has got to be it. And so that's what they're looking for and and that's what it's all about. And and so their perspective is uh, and this is important for us to get a hold of is is what they want is what they want. That's it. That's their I want what I want. That's the perspective of the crowd. And that's what they're looking for. So, because of that, what they do is, Alice read, uh, you know, 1213, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And they're, they've got the palm branches going and they're putting them down so he can come and walk over them. And they're excited. Finally, we're going to get set free and delivered from this Roman mess. And then we can be like we were supposed to be, and Israel's going to be returned to its former glory, and it's about time. And so that's that's why they're all shouting and happy. However, in a few days' time, it's going to be very apparent that's not what Jesus is going to do. As he's arrested and goes through mock trials, and this same crowd turns on him, really, in a matter of hours, they turn on him. And in John 19.15, we see that they shouted, Crucify him. Take him away. Crucify him. And Pilate says, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest speaks on behalf of the crowd. We have no king but Caesar. Take him away. They turn completely and quickly. Why? Because Jesus wasn't doing what they wanted. They didn't really. As, because they wanted what they wanted so bad, they were missing what they really needed. They couldn't see what they needed. What they needed was happening and they missed it. Because all they cared about was what they wanted. We have to be careful because we have the same tendency to sort of see everything in terms of what we want. I want what I want. It's, it's a very uh, me first sort of thing. It's a self-centered way of looking at things. And the problem with self-centeredness is it leads to deception. We're easily deceived. And we can miss. We can actually miss what God is doing. They missed it. What they, And what's sad is It's what they'd been waiting for. They were waiting with the wrong reasons, but what they were waiting for was happening, and they missed it. Ah, we don't want him. He's not. He's not what we want. So that's the perspective of the crowd. Well, the Pharisees—they're amidst. They're in this running too. And um, the Pharisees—that's the religious leaders of the day, and and they were pretty much running things at that point in time in Jerusalem. And, you know, this fascinating group of people, and it, you have to be careful not just to just write them off as evil, because they do a lot of evil things, but uh, they, they didn't start that way. You know, the Pharisees at this point in time had been around for a couple hundred years, and really they got together for good purpose. They wanted to protect Torah. They wanted to protect the Hebrew Scriptures from being... Um, uh, you know, overdone by the, the Greek civilization was coming in and changing everything. And they thought, it's going to change, our and we've got to hang on to this. So they got together for the right reasons to uh, sort of protect the word. But the way they ended up doing that over time was by bringing in all sorts of new rules and laws. And they, they made it impossible to actually relate to God at all. And, and, and so that's how the big mess started. Well, these guys knew the scriptures. And see, one of the things that that can be a little mind blowing, although I think we can relate to it is because I can I can sort of think how they knew what was happening. They and it wasn't that they didn't they they were pretty confident that Jesus was, in fact, sent from God, that you can read it and you can see. But because they don't like the package that they, they decide they're going to reject him. And so their, their perspective is they they're in control. And they want to meet. They want to retain it. They think they're in control. and They want to be in control. See, that. The way the Romans did thing is when they came in and, and took over a, a people or a, a country or whatever, um, they would win militarily and then they would put their soldiers there and encamp them nearby and then they would begin to collect taxes from the people. And as long as they were getting their taxes, they would leave the people in charge who were regular, you know, their regular people. They would maintain some sort of charge, but they just as long as taxes were coming. So the Pharisees had sort of landed in this position. Of being kind of in control uh, in Jerusalem, and they liked it, and they didn't want to lose it, and they didn't want to let it go because they were okay. I'm okay, you know. They're, everybody else is suffering, but we're okay. So why would we let that go? And and these are the very folks who are supposed to, you know. See what's taking place. And in fact, I, I do believe they absolutely connected what was happening because they knew the scriptures. They knew that the Messiah would come in the way he did on this on a donkey. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey on a colt. The foal of a donkey. And and so I, they connected it and just decided that's not what they wanted. And they're going to miss God too completely. Uh, in this whole thing. Because they, they, they just want to be in control. And and so um, this is another issue. And you know the problem is. Look what they say. So the Pharisees said to one another. This is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This, this deal. Jesus is going to come. And whether they thought he might be Messiah. Or whether they just didn't. that He was going to stir things up to the point where it was going to mess up their deal. We can't have this. And so we have to deal with it. He's just going to mess up our good deal and and the problem with control issues so and let me make sure that so does anybody here ever have control issues A little bit the problem with control issues is and, we, and honestly we all have some issues is what they do is they they quickly cause us to be unteachable and we go hard hearted because we we get that it's got to be sort of my way and it's a big problem. And that's what happens with the Pharisees. It's a big problem. And they're going to miss what God is doing. This, this most amazing uh, week ever. And they're really missing the bigger picture. That the most important person in history has entered the scene as, uh, and is moving into the most important week for all of us it's ever been. And they're going to miss it. Because either they want what they want or they want to stay in control. So we have to ask the question all the time. What's our perspective? What, how are we looking at things? Are we looking at things the way we are supposed to? Or are we, you know, wanting what we want? Or are we wanting to be in control? Or can I, can I say, no, really, really what I want is I want what he wants. That's where I'm at. Or, you know, I want to live, I want to live his way. And, you know, am I, am I teachable? Can I, can I still be taught things? Am I open to, to all those things happening? And these are the things we have to ask ourselves, and we have to deal with that in our perspective. How we view things, our world view. See, our, our our perspective, our worldview, has been developed over many, many, many years, and with lots of things in, in impacting it. Your your background is, has had a big impact on your perspective. Your your childhood, uh, all those things, your education levels, your travels, what what other things you've seen, all of those things, and a whole lot more contribute. To the construction of this perspective, and and you're seeing and filtering everything through it, whether you realize it or not. It's somebody I mean, with a great example. It's like always your glasses, if you have glasses, and if you don't, maybe you will later, uh, or maybe not. I'm not. I don't want to wish that on you. Anyway, you, your perspective, though, is is. They're like glasses that you've built throughout your entire life, and you're seeing everything through them. You can't help it. It's, it's ongoing. You may not even realize it, but everything is going on through your perspective. And what we have to be willing to do is we have to challenge regularly our perspective based on the the life of Jesus and, and how he's impacting us. But it's something that we really have to work on because it's happening. Our perspective is happening even when we don't realize it. I, I think of this sort of illustration. Um, sometimes when I'm driving in, in, in a, uh, on a route that I've driven many, many, many times, uh, and there, nobody from the state police here, right? Uh, I sort of disengage a little bit and start thinking about things because I've driven a route so long. You guys know what I'm talking about? So like, I've come from Kajoki to here, to the church facility, I don't know how many times. And invariably, when I'm coming up to Big Pine, I'm usually coming to the. Church. Sometimes I might be going to winn Dixie, or might be going to see uh, my, you know my daughter or my son, or something. Something is happening up here, but normally I'm coming to the facility. What, what happens is I'll start driving, and, and it doesn't. I forget kind of about my destination, and something else sort of takes over while I'm driving. Uh, I'm obviously still there, but I'm thinking about other things, and it's it's happening, and I'm driving anyway, and. Uh, if I'm in that mode, I can't tell you how many times being, you know, my, my destination was Winn-Dixie. I've come straight through the light and headed towards the church. I've made U-turns more than anybody probably because I'll go through the light and went, you know, you big dummy. <laughs> you weren't going to the facility. You were going to Win dixie So I got to turn around. Well, I'm driving, but I'm driving at a different level, sort of a subconscious level, right? So I don't even realize some of those things are happening. But this is what your perspective is like. You may not realize it, but everything you're doing, you're viewing through this whole setup that you've got going on. And we're going to get it wrong sometimes because built in there is I want what I want. Built in there is I want to be in control. Built in there is some stuff that we have to deal with. So we have to be asking ourselves all the time, what is our perspective? And um, I want you to see, you know, what was missed because of what was happening so that we remain teachable, that we remain willing to do it His way. And this coming week, Passion Week, Holy Week, uh, it all begins, you know, with these palms. And so they, they went and they cut these branches down from the trees and hands are raised in praise because they want what they want. And, and the most important figure in history enters the scene and they're, they're dropping these palms on the ground so he can walk over them and and this is the one true person that has a rightful claim this is the the true king he has an actual claim to the throne he's a descendant of their most celebrated king david and he's coming in uh just the way the scripture said he would on the back of a of a donkey it's like it's so such a humble thing that's happening And, and he's doing that like no other ruler had ever or would ever do and he's fulfilling passage of scripture and it's fascinating and it's in Deuteronomy 17 16 and 17 I'm going to pop through this one because this isn't it. it's the wrong one by a chapter but write it down I'm going to read it to you Deuteronomy 17 16 and 17 this passage was an admonition to the kings of Israel all of them and here's what God says the king moreover must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them, for the Lord has told you you're not to go back that way again. He must not take many wives, or his heart will be led astray, and he must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. This is what God said to the kings of Israel. The kings were not to multiply to themselves horses, wives, and money. Guess what every king of Israel did? Multiplied to himself horses, wives, and money, except for one king. Jesus, the only one who didn't do any of that, the one true king of Israel, the true humble king. See, he, he comes in riding on a donkey. And, and the people are waving these palm fronds and everything, even they don't get it, and they're singing this song, this line in the psalm. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you, which is Psalm 118, 26. But when you see that happening, so they're just singing this one line of the psalm, but it's actually bringing in the whole psalm. They would know the whole psalm. And so I want to read it to you so that you get what's happening here, because they're bringing this whole thing in. And, and they don't even realize what's happening, but this amazing thing is happening. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession. Up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. This, and most of you will know that psalm because like in that psalm are lines from like every popular Christian song has ever been done. And this is what they're, they're thinking about Is they're saying, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. But that verse 26, just a breath before it, verse 22, the psalmist writes, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. Look, the long-awaited Messiah finally comes, not in human glory, but in humility. He comes on a donkey to be the stone that the builders will utterly reject on Friday and that God himself will unveil as the cornerstone next Sunday. It's so amazing. But the kind of king he is, what kind of king is he? He's a humble king. And the reality is that only a king on a donkey could ever fully satisfy our souls and make a way for us to be reconciled to God. And in light of how he lived and how he lives and what he's done and his willingness to go all out for us, to love us, that's how we need to challenge our perspectives. And and the amazing thing about this humble king is that our humble king never makes forced entries. He just comes and invites. He just comes and makes a way. He just comes and tells people. About the love of God. And the kingdom of God. And he makes it available to them. He invites them to respond. But he won't force himself on anybody. This humble king comes, and in this coming week, what he's going to do is, is, and we just read the events, that they're ultimately going to lead to the moment, the perfect moment in history, when Jesus, fully God, fully man, after living a perfect sinless life, modeling for us what it looks like because we couldn't do it, he's going to take that perfect sinless life, he's willingly going to go and bear the guilt and the shame and the pain and the consequence of our sin. And all the consequences of the fall. And at this perfect moment in history, he's going he's gonna to marshal it all on himself. He's going to take it all from ever has been and ever will be. He takes it all on there on the cross. And there he dies with it and takes it down with him. And he leaves it down there. And then to demonstrate that he is who he says he is, he defeats Death. And rises again. He defeats sin. He defeats death. He rises again. The first of new creation. And he's made it possible for all of us now to be reconciled to God. And to experience that for ourselves. But it's an invitation. It doesn't force anybody. And I want to say to you today. Look. This is amazing. This week. Next week. All of the Sundays are amazing because of what Jesus done. But we've got it really in now. We've seen what he's done. Our, our response to his invitation, is just that we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We get it. We get what he's done and we say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never done it, I want you to do it today, right now. It's the absolute best decision you'll ever make. It's not long and complicated because he's done all the work. It's just that from your heart, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never done it, do it now, just like that. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Whether you're in the room or watching online, (laughs) if Respond by asking to be your Lord and Savior. It's the best decision you will ever make. And listen, if you've done that, please let me know. Text that word heart. You have to text out the word to 3057457 so I can know and, and celebrate with you. Or go right to our website, uh, uh, a com. There's a great page there with some ideas on what to do and, and then how to respond. Send me a little thing so I got it so I can celebrate with you. But please do that. It's the, it'll be the greatest week that you've, you've got coming up to Easter. If you've just decided to make Jesus Lord and Savior, there's nothing quite like it. Know the humble king so that you can experience life. Alice, my love, why don't you come up and we'll pray. And, and Papa, we, we pray and ask that you would just come and settle on our hearts. That Holy Spirit move among us and let us be at peace and let us find rest and let us know even in the midst of this crazy season that we've lived in let us know and focus and remember that you're God and that you're good and that you've got us and we can trust you and, and you've invited us into your story and there's no other story even close to, to what it's like and we, we, we celebrate what you've done and we, we celebrate this week as, and we know what it how horrible it must have been for you to endure those things and the betrayal of your friends and people running away from you and the, the this death, the pain and the torture of it all. And yet you did it because you love us, and then you defeated sin and death and made a way for us, and you did it all because you're the humble King. Ha. And let that settle on us, God, so that we can continue to press into you and find life in you. I pray, blessing and strength. On all of us, God. Because of you in our lives. You're God and you're good. We love you and we're grateful. Alice.
1: Amen. Always and only good. The Lord um, has spoken to several of us today. Just and These are just words of knowledge, and they're just there to encourage the people that he loves. So you know that God sees you every hair on your head, every breath you take, everything. He loves you. And, and I have one. I don't know if you guys know this old hymn. You will if you went to church as a kid, Softly and Tenderly, and you're, you'll be glad that I'm not singing it. Softly and tenderly, Jesus softly is calling.
0: And tend- I was going to do it in the background for a Okay, okay Jesus. Good,
1: yeah. Background music. Right. Um, and I felt like that was, he was reaching out to someone here, softly and tenderly. You remember that hymn from when you were a kid? He's calling you home. Come home, and you'll be safe. Come home. Georgina had a couple today that she texted me, and the first one was. Um, she saw a woman, in, in, um you have a promise. God has given you a promise. And when God gives you a, a promise, it's like a secret that you have with him, and you pray over it, and you think about it. But this one, um, you just don't feel like it's going to happen. You've kind of given up hope. And Georgina felt like you needed to be reminded that God does everything he says he's going to do. Read the ch- first chapter of Luke, but this specific verse. And this is what... The angel said to, to Mary, she said, Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her. It will be accomplished. So that's for you. And then she had another one that was just during this service. And it was while we were singing, I surrender all, I surrender all. Um, she saw someone just placing themselves on the altar and saying, Okay, I surrender all. And the Lord wants you to know, that he was pleased and whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Matthew sixteen, twenty five. Okay, last one I promise. (laughs) This is from um Elisha and she felt like she saw a lady sitting at a table at your kitchen table. And you're crying and crying. And it's not just a weeping. It's you're depressed. You're sad. You're really sad. And she she wants you to remember that what God says, it will come to pass. But, wait, I have the wrong card. Sorry. Oh, what a mess. Isaiah 41.10. That's your scripture reference. But the main thing is that while you're there crying and sad, he's in the room. And when he's in the room... Things change. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand.
0: Amen. Those are good. No, it's really good. It's all good. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity. You are awesome. Uh there's opportunities there to give either by mail or online digitally uh, or if you there's offering boxes there, there, and on your way out. So uh thank you again for your faithfulness to that. Let's sing doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you, may he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Thanks for watching online. If you're leaving the facility, please go out this way. The doors will be open. Give yourselves plenty of room. Have a great day. It looks beautiful out there. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching online, and I'm so happy to have you with us. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Have a great week as we get ready for Easter. We look forward to having you back with us again next weekend, and uh, I'm so glad you were with us today.
1: Read your Bibles.
0: Read your Bibles. God bless.
1: Bye-bye.